Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And I want to be very clear about one thing. Uh, he did describe that there were a, a, approximately 20 occasions over the course of their uh, nearly decade-long business relationship where when one of them called the other, um, that Hunter Biden would uh, ask his father to say hello to whomever he was at dinner. He said there were sometimes when it was friends and sometimes when it was uh, potential business partners or business partners. But the witness was unequivocal and stated very clearly that they never discussed any business on that phone conversations. There were niceties and there was a hello and there we talked about the weather or whatever it was, but it was never any business. That is Representative Dan Goldman saying very clearly to America, I think you're a schmuck and you don't know how to tell the difference between a casual conversation and what lies underneath. But all of us understand that putting dad on the phone for a second was a show to whoever he wanted to do business with, whoever Hunter wanted to be in business bed with, that the big guy was with him. Everybody who is anybody who has ever watched any length of movie for any amount of time knows this. And yet there's Congressman Dan Goldman, Democrat from New York, telling you you don't know what you're talking about. As a matter of fact, it's all an illusion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Let me bring in Kerry Pickett here. She is with the Washington Times as a reporter, also a radio host at Sirius XM. Kerry is one of the few people who's actually there when the thing happens. She's not reporting on the news. She's there as the news is breaking. And you were part of the gaggle, uh, if you will, that nobody was talking about when Goldman made the illusion uh, comment, which we will get to. You have the audio of. We'll play it. But I think the real story here is get into, like, as, as you saw it, Joe Biden is the brand. Devin Archer, the former business partner of Hunter Biden, stating quite clearly, Joe Biden was the brand and the objective was to get Hunter into these companies so he could profit off of the brand and maybe that company can get a little brand, meaning Joe Biden protection. That's right. What we have here is the, the, you end up having Devin Archer, who is a former business partner of Hunter Biden, the son of the president, and you'd have about tw- he had Devin Archer, who said that there was about 20 phone calls in the span of 10 years that he could remember that were all on speakerphone, and they they included the then vice president, now president Biden, Hunter Biden, and apparently Devin Archer had his ear in there, and a a a, a foreign business person, and according to Dan Goldman, New York Democrat congressman, uh, he's saying that no business talk was going on. Well, you know, come on, Tony. You know as well as I do that just because you have a golf date with a bunch of business guys uh, doesn't mean that business isn't implied. Right. And that's what's going on here, that – you know, you have the Democrats who are essentially saying, hey, look, we're, we're, we're saying that business wasn't talked about. 
this is this is being a fight over semantics. The problem is is that you have you have a number of suspicious activity reports. You have a number of banknotes that have already been put out there. So you have a lot of documents that have already been uh, you know put out there. You have a number of whistleblowers who have already testified under oath. And I don't disagree, so- Carrie, about any of that. But before we get it, I, I want to make sure we've got the cart and then the horse, or the horse and then the cart, however courts and carts and horses go. Because the first part here is this idea that somehow Joe Biden, we were told, Joe Biden never, ever discussed overseas business dealings with his son, Hunter Biden. This was a montage that Fox News put together of Joe Biden going back to November of 2019. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Well, that's clearly not true. That, Carrie, uh, Carrie Pickett of the Washington Times, that entire dream statement that that fever dream is blown out of the water by by the testimony of Devin Archer and by Representative Goldman basically saying yeah it's true but, but you see they're trying to fight semantics okay they think that look no business was talked about they talked about the weather maybe it was climate change you know because now they're trying to kind of move towards that whole thing politics, you know, casual niceties and so on and so forth. Look, you go to some like country like Ukraine, Romania, China, and so on and so forth, and you have like a crooked company out there. And you take a guy like Hunter Biden who says, hey, guess what? I can dial in my dad. Okay. Hey, hey, dad. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you to my... Uh, friend over here my business partner and, and, and then dad's gonna go hey how you doing and then you know they may have some casual niceties like it's sunny out here over in paris it's sunny out here over here over here at cafe milano um wonderful thanks for talking to us dad about nothing wink wink nod nod and then dad gets off the phone and then hunter biden says see i can call my dad whenever i want Thing. Which is, yeah, that's, and that's, and that's it exactly down. it. The the argument being made by Goldman, and I don't know how Dan Goldman all of a sudden became the poster boy for this. What what bet did he lose to be able to be this guy? The argument that he's making is we don't understand how the world works. We are we are supposed to somehow close our eyes to it. You were there yesterday, right? A lot of people uh, shared audio and and video from uh, that Dan Goldman uh, press conference, but you were there for another press conference because if I understand you right, after two hours of Devin Archer, the Republicans were done and then the Democrats went, and that's when Dan Goldman made his first statements, right? Correct. So the first two hours of the deposition, you had Republicans questioning Devin Archer, and you had Goldman come out there, and that was when he was sweaty, and that's when he was saying, oh, there was no business dealings that were going on at any of these 
speakerphone conversations and blah, blah, blah. That's what everyone saw on Fox News or whatever channel you were watching and so on and so forth, okay? Then there was the second presser that nobody saw, but I got some audio for you. So this is where the entire illusion of access conversation uh, comes from. It's this right here. Listen. Yes, what he said, his, his exact testimony was that he had uh, Hunter Biden possessed actual experience and contacts in Washington, D.C., in the political sphere, in the lobbying sphere, in the executive branch, and that he was, that that is ultimately what he was providing to Burisma. But in return for pressure from Burisma, he had to give the illusion, and he used that term, the illusion of access to his father, and he tried to get credit for things that he, that Mr. Archer testified Hunter had nothing to do with, such as when Vice President Biden went to Ukraine on his own, there, it will come out, there is a, a part of the evidence where Hunter said, well, let's tell them that I have no idea what's gonna happen, but um, I can take credit for the fact that he's going. He was not involved in any of that at all, but he was trying to get credit for with Burisma on behalf of actions that his father took that were completely unrelated to anything that Hunter Biden did. Now, it's clear to me that Hunter Biden would try and take credit for anything he could because he's a duplicitous uh, lowlife of a guy, talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. But what an argument to make that Devin Archer described it this way. So really, it was Hunter just trying to create an illusion of access when every rational person is now asking, well, did they get the access? Right. You see, so basically, what, like, according to Mr. Goldman there, he's saying, oh, no, 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 he was just creating an illusion of access. He was just being a big slime ball trying to trick Burisma, saying, oh, we're just dangling his powerful father out there, but he's really not going to give you access to his father, but we're not going to tell him that. Okay, well, that's fraud, okay, (laughs) number one. So either way, whether you're giving them access or not, you're you're still doing fraud, period, number one. But number two... Uh, you also have a situation here where the Democrats, once again, they're doing the semantics game where they're trying to say, well, you know, um, you know, you had Devin Archer who said that it was the illusion of access. Now, I said originally that Goldman came out after the GOP conference, after the, after the GOP did the questioning, never mentioned illusion of access. Then when the Democrats to their questioning, i.e. just Dan Goldman, then the illusion of access term came out. So my question here is, it can go either way. Did Dan Goldman bring up the bring up the whole term illusion of access? And then did Devin Archer go, yes, 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 it was an illusion of access. Or did Devin Archer bring up the term illusion of access? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, and we'll find out when the transcripts come out. One of the other things you you did, you were you were discussing with me as we were uh, getting ready for this. You had asked about Jonathan Lee, uh, and and I got to tell you, I, I follow the story. That name is escaping me. Who is Jonathan Lee in this conversation? 
Well, Jonathan Lee, he was a, a Chinese business associate uh, who was uh, headed up a, a, a Chinese uh, energy uh, company known as CEFC. And uh, he, uh, he met with uh, Hunter Biden, and Hunter Biden um, introduced him to his father over in China. But they also talked with one another, once again, over the speakerphone. And according to Dan Goldman, um, once again, uh, said, oh, no business was talked about during that speakerphone conversation because it was one of those 20 calls over the 10 years. I mean, honestly, when you talk business, uh, Tony, uh, whether it's, it's your radio business or whatever other other business that you have going on, side hustles, whatever. Do you bring, you know, when your family, when your family like members in? Seriously? Oh, there's some fa- business I do with my family. But if I'm on a call with somebody and I've brought my father into the call, my father knows what's going on. This is, that is so not even a debate as 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 can be believed. Everybody who is anybody who has watched an episode of The Sopranos understands what has happened here. They fully understand it. Uh, But before we get into really some of the other things your article uncovers over there uh, at the Washington uh, Times, uh, the piece, uh, Devin Archer, Biden uh, played power role for Sun's deals. Ex-partner says phone-ins part of uh, influence peddling. Uh, I wanted to to share this, this part, uh, this conversation you had with Representative well, Dan Goldman about this guy, Jonathan Lee. Wait, 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 actually, wait. Let me make a, a quick correction. Actually, um, Jonathan Lee, he was the CEO of investment of, of a fund known as BHR, not CEFC. Wanted to make a quick correction there. But this was all about that same dealing with the Chinese, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay, there we go. Congressman, one of those speakerphone conversations um, had to, it was phone calls including a dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee of BHR. So if you have Hunter Biden and then you have this, these particular business associates, foreign business associates involved in these phone calls, and then you have the president or the then vice president involved who are hearing these phone calls, wouldn't that have been sort of an influence peddling situation going on there if all ears are on those speaker phones? I'm not sure I fully understand uh, the connection that you're trying to draw. Uh, he did testify that, as I said, uh, there were almost daily calls between Joe and Hunter Biden. Uh, The witness, Devin Archer, said that he had a 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden. Uh, During that 10-year relationship, he identified approximately 20 times when uh, Hunter Biden put him, put his father on speakerphone to say hello to whomever he was uh, at dinner with. What about that Jonathan Lee phone call? And that same thing, that falls into... the, The Jonathan Lee phone call as well? The Jonathan Lee phone call is one of those 20. So he doesn't want to admit that anything was in any way weird, strange, duplicitous, or problematic. Talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. Now let's get into some of the things, uh, as as you were leading into, where sources uh, close to House Oversight 
um, saying that the panel, you know, you were talking about bank records. They say they've uncovered new bank records that connect the Bidens to foreign deals in Ukraine, Russia, and Kazakhstan. Right. Uh, on, on a scale of one, two, they've got it cold. How, how much oh. do you trust that they've got it? Oh, you know, I think that you now have more of those bank records that are going to be released. And the problem here, though, Tony, is that you're going to have the reaction from the Democrats, you know, as well as some of their allies, are going to say, where's the evidence? <laughs> well, they're always so, going to say that. That's all they know how to say. I mean, look, there's already documents that are out there. They're going to, but here's the thing, is that you had President Trump, who, who was already first impeached for essentially wanting to look into this entire situation dealing with now President Biden and his son. This is what he was impeached for wanting to look into. So, yeah, this is uh, the, the, the biggest issue. And I think now that we're actually looking into it, now the uh, Democrats are trying to figure out how exactly to respond to it. So here we are. Carrie Pickett is her name. You can check out the piece over at the Washington Times, WashingtonTimes.com. Uh, Carrie, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Guys, there's a lot more to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Now, I'm not saying it's the greatest advertisement in the history of mankind. I am saying that the people at Holiday World right here in Indiana, they, they are not afraid to try. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. They have got a new uh, roller coaster coming and they're calling it Good Gravy. And so they've got this whole ad about the family sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner, but they run out of gravy. And so they have to make more gravy. And it leads, it leads into this. It's time to go over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go with Good Gravy, America's graviest coaster. Thanksgiving dinner has flown by, but never quite like this. Your journey is nearly 1,500 feet long. You'll soar over 70 feet high, forwards and backwards on Good Gravy. Travel at speeds up to 37 miles per hour, all in the world's largest gravy boat. What the hell kind of thing is this? Gee willikers, that's some good gravy. I guess it is. This ad is nuts. This ad is insane. And each of the cars looks like a freaking gravy boat. You walk in and you're like walking into grandma's house. Hey, the fireplace is there, you know, the, the furniture and plastic. And then you get on these gravy boats and it kind of launches you forward. And then you go up and then it launches you backward uh, throughout. I don't know. I don't know if it's any good. Uh, I do know this. Uh, I happen to be a fan of Holiday World. Oh, Holiday World is good. As a water park, I don't, I, I'm not, I can't do uh, the roller coasters anymore. I'll die. Uh, but as a water park, solid solid day of entertainment for you and the children. And they're not an advertiser. They should be. They're not. I'm just saying. I love this ad is so great. 
The ad is so cheesy great, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, I'm happy when I see uh, cool things happening in Indiana. Makes me happy to see cool things, and I'm glad uh, Holiday World is still going strong. Find everything at TonyCats.com, including the gravy. This is Tony Katz today. This capitalism story has very much gotten under my skin. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure, guys. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Would love to have you as a supporter over there. TonyCats.com. That's K-A-T-Z. It was a story out of uh, campus reform. Less than one quarter of students have a positive view of capitalism. It's a survey from North Dakota State University that found that students, and I assume these are college students, campus reform, I assume this is college students. Here's what they found. Only 23% of students said they had a positive view. When asked uh, to define it, over a half across the entirety of the spectrum, right, whether you're conservative, liberal, independent, they associate it with uh, the free market, less than one-third associate it with cronyism. Half of conservative college students have a positive view of capitalism, 15% for liberal students, about 66% of conservatives who associate capitalism with the free market have a positive view of it, 24% of liberals who associate it with the free market view capitalism positively. So at first, I don't know, I don't quite understand what they're they're connecting it it to, but these numbers are are crazy soft. And and when I say they're connecting it to, you're, you're not connecting it to free markets, what exactly are you connecting it to in your head? And you realize how strong culture is and why when people say, oh, you're just engaged in a culture war, the answer is, Yes, I'm glad I made it that apparent. I plan on winning as well. One should win the culture war. And certainly that should involve a a recognition that capitalism is the best system devised by man for creating wealth and opportunity. And everything else radically pales in comparison or is a flat-out hellscape. Is there something better than capitalism? Possibly. I just don't know what it is. What I do know is that Representative Ocasio-Cortez and her ilk absolutely don't know what it is because what they're pushing for cannot bring any good, any decency, and any joy. But you look at this story and immediately people go to, well, you see, that's the problem with colleges. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not a story about college. This is a story about high school. This is a story about middle school. This is a story about elementary school. This is a story about Spotify and Instagram. This is a story about TikTok. This is a story about culture. You think this is about college? You think this is about college uh, and, and how they warp minds? Of course they warp minds. Not this. This comes from a long, long line of conversations and usurpations. Discussing that, oh, if it wasn't for capitalism, we'd have a better, better society. Oh, capitalism is what's keeping people down. Oh, sure, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. 
it's it is um, freakish to think that we are a society that only that happens. The rich gets the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And if we were to argue that that is the case and look here and look there and look there, we should ask ourselves why that takes place and you will find that's not capitalism. It isn't the idea of people living their lives as they see fit without the concept of acceptance to the moment of their happiness. You would see that that society, uh, would the society I believe in, would bring less regulation and certainly bring less roadblocks and allow people to go about engaging in some kind of thriving as they see fit. As they see fit is the thing that is very much lost. People equate capitalism to money as in the accumulation of it as opposed to the ability to go forth with one's own passions and desires, engage in trade as they see fit, engage in the exchange of goods or other services for their labors and that their labors actually belong to them and not to somebody else. Why do I oppose? Why do I oppose, for example, um, the idea of universal health care? How else could universal health care be described other than slavery. In the world of universal health care as put forth by fools like Bernie Sanders, bigots like Bernie Sanders, dictatorial thug wannabes like Bernie Sanders, the doctor, or I should say, health care is a right, right? Health care is a right in the world of people like dictatorial thug wannabe Bernie Sanders. You have a right to health care. If you have a right to it, If it is indeed a right, well, then the doctor doesn't have a right to say no. I'm just doing basic math, people. Nothing more, nothing less. All I'm doing is basic math. If healthcare is a right, then the doctor cannot say no and the nurse cannot say no. Oh, I'm not arguing when they're caring for a patient. I'm arguing at 2 a.m. when that person wants the care. Because if it's a right, the right exists 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it is a right, it exists at the moment the right desire, the, 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 the person desires to exercise the right. It exists in that moment. And that's it. That's it. If it exists then, then what of what say does anybody else have? How else could anyone have a say, especially the doctor or the nurse? Their job is now to provide the service because it's a right. Thus, the doctor now exists at the whim of the citizen. Actually, it's a little bit worse than that because the doctor is no longer a citizen. The doctor is a subject until the doctor needs health care, to which the doctor becomes a citizen, and the next doctor becomes a subject. But really, in, in, in that society, in, the, in that way, who's actually a citizen? Who actually gets to govern themselves? Who actually gets to say no? Who exactly is possibly free? I discuss people living their lives to the moment of their happiness without the concept of acceptance. You being able to pursue your passions. 
That's very much capitalism. You being able to say, this is where I have a certain proclivity. This is where I have a certain skill set. I am going to go utilize that to my best benefit. That, to me, makes perfect sense. That, to me, is wholly valuable. Why would I ever want a society where people aren't empowered to go about finding their best way through their own skill set? And if that's not what we're teaching regarding concepts of capitalism and markets, well, then what exactly are we teaching? What we're teaching is that somehow capitalism is abusive because these rich people don't give to poor people, right? I'm, a, I'm trying to simplify uh, the, the, the madness that they put forward, right? It's when you hear Barack Obama engage uh, conversations about fair share and talks about the 99%. The 99% and the 1% that Barack Obama brought up time and again that still gets brought up today, that fair share conversation is nothing more than a conversation about the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. You go back to Karl Marx, there's nothing new under the sun, people. That's all it is. The proletariat and the bourgeoisie, this is Marxism 101. The idea of the ruling class, the idea of the people and how the ruling class is exploiting the people, the ruling class is abusing the people. Oh, we've got to do something about that ruling class. You always got to do something about the ruling class. And you got you to fight them. You gotta, they're stealing from you. You got to go get them. You got you to attack them. You got to destroy them. Permanent revolution and all the jazz. This is what's getting taught, that somehow the idea of capitalism is the idea of theft, and therefore it must be destroyed. Which means the problem is not in college. Now, that's not to say college isn't a problem. It is. The problem is in high school, in middle school, in elementary school, in culture that's where the problem is the problem is in film and in television and in literature the problem is all of these people who were raised with this idea because you allowed the marxist the communist the socialist to take over education and the conservative seeded education to these absolutely awful horrible people who were allowed to thrive in these palaces and when then we decide that universities are palaces people universities are palaces and you can never get fired and then we convince society that this was the most important palace in the world and my god if you don't get a degree from this palace you aren't even a fully fledged citizen you're not even a person you'll never get a job you'll be a failure what are you gonna do go do work with your hands <laughs> manual labor is for chumps and suckers you have to learn how to code and be a diplomat maybe know four languages and don't forget the gender studies oh lord don't forget the gender studies class you can't survive without gender studies as a matter of fact that's a required course now better get an a or else dear god that all happened that is real stuff but the the the, the basis for the hatred and for the manipulation of capitalism remember socialists communists lie 
all the time. They have to lie. Socialism, communism has never inspired anything except a prayer for a quick and painless death. Communism has never created a thing. Nothing has ever been created in communism. Absolutely nothing. You cannot point to a single development that is better in society because of communism. It can't be done. You can't point to anything the Chinese have created because they do not create. They steal. They steal. That's it. That's all communism can do. Steal and lie. Lie and steal. Karl Marx was a bitch. A lying, worthless character in in human history. The problem is the lie is really powerful. And generation after generation has a segment of the population that buys into it. And it's really hard to to chip through that lie and and, and get kids back into a a reality. Life often does this. You know, it's it's that whole line from, uh, I believe it's it's Churchill, right? If if you're 20 and a conservative, you have no heart. If you're 40 and, and, and a liberal, you have no brains. Life teaches lessons. The problem is we're not teaching enough of these lessons in the early life. This polling from campus reform isn't about colleges. It is about what we've done to our own society. And the question before us is, how are we going to change that? How are we going to make that better? Because we have no option. We have to. This is an action item. Right, because because that's usually it, right? Like, if there's the the biggest problem with talk radio, the biggest problem is we discuss the thing, but very few people get into solutions. How is what is it that you can do? In in the world of sales, right, that would be an action item. Uh, I've identified the problem. Here's the solution. Here's how you get started. The action item matters because people want to know what they can do about a thing. When, when we talk about Bud Light, for example, the reason that boycott worked so well because it was so easy to do. You mean all I have to do is buy a different beer and I'm a good person? I could buy a different beer. I could buy a different beer all day. And they were participatory. Being, feeling that, connecting with that is outrageously important. And, and part of the, the issues with, with this industry, with talk, it's not talk radio. I think is more important than ever before. But you can't just kvetch about a thing. You got to bring something. Uh, 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 you got to bring theory. You got to bring philosophy. I, I believe you can't just bring moaning and complaining and bitching about things. That's worthless. You got to bring something. So usually people say, "Well, you can vote," right? Which is true, by the way. But this is something you can do in your own house. This is something you can do with your own grandkids your own kids, your own uh, nieces and nephews, your own friends. It's, I think it's really cool that you're able to take your interests and then pursue them. You know, thank goodness for capitalism, right? Just leave it right there. Just that line said out loud with that positivity because it's factual. That has impact. Engaging with and supporting with authors and and artists who are who are not trying to destroy that part of America, but rather want to want to exalt that, uh, uh, lift that up. That's these are the things. 
culturally, we are losing the battle. We are losing the battle. And this study, this, this, this survey from North Dakota State University just, just shows it as clear as day. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I think it's very important that you do not allow what is mainstream media to decide this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandal. I think the data shows you what it is. I think that the investigation has to go forward. And them screaming, you know, there's no there there. It was just, a, a, you know, just some phone calls and they were talking about the weather. Talking about the, are you trying to tell me that the Democrats are now saying that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden had a perfect phone call? That's exactly what Donald Trump said about his phone call with Ukraine. Perfect phone call. This is now what they're saying. 20 times Hunter put Joe on the phone. And we're supposed to believe it wasn't to let the people on the other side of the phone know that Joe Biden was in on the deal? They really don't have any respect for you. They really do think we are all just these fools. And then they're going to want to tell us, oh, there's no there, there, just move on. No, no. Of course there's there, there. Of course this is a scandal. And Hunter Biden may not like it and Joe Biden may not like it. It doesn't matter if the media likes it. It's our job to find out what happened here. Because we need to know whether or not the president of the United States is indeed a guy who sold access that guy can't be president so let them scream and yell keep at it and keep supporting those including your elected officials who stay at it find everything at tonycats.com i'll catch you tomorrow everyone take care